Hello, Jet Setters, and welcome to the Jet Set Life podcast. I'm your hostess, Brittany Ryan, child-free travel content creator and blogger. I'm a curator of authentic and cultural travel experiences, and I want to help you be the same. Create a Jet Set Life full of adventure and learn how to live life to the fullest with me as your travel guide. Tune in each week for solo episodes and conversations with travel leaders all about child-free travel, adults-only getaways, travel guides, itineraries, and more. I am all about sharing actionable, detailed tips and tricks for creating the jet-set life of your dreams, so get ready to learn. Are you ready for takeoff? Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello, Jet Setters. How are you this week? We are today covering the final topic of our Salem series, and that is historic homes, which, okay, not everybody is into history, or maybe that sounds a little boring to you, but honestly, it's better than you would think. It really is interesting. There's no shortage of witchy and historic homes in Salem considering that it's one of the oldest cities in the United States. So like I said, even if you're not into history, you can at least appreciate the architecture, the style of the times, and it's just a a neat way to add another layer of experience to your trip. Now, some of these historic houses are open to the public as museums, while others are actually privately owned. Can you imagine living in one of these house, houses? So, so crazy. Now, if you only have time to visit two, I would recommend visiting the Witch House and Ropes Mansion and Gardens. They're both on Essex Street, uh, not too far away from each other, and they're by far the most popular ones that I think people would visit. So let's kick off then with the Witch House, built in 1675. Arguably the most famous house, the Witch House is now a museum full of period furniture and relics frozen in time. It's considered the first period house due to its steeply pitched roofs, which is a common characteristic of the first settler homes. Ironically, no witches have ever lived in the Witch House. It was bought by Judge Jonathan Corwin, a judge who presided over the Salem witch trials in 1692. And it's the only structure that you can visit in Salem with direct ties to the trials. The witch house is open daily from 10 to 5 p.m. Tour tickets are $9 and sold online and they sell out fast in October. So try to get early on that. The next might be my favorite house of them all. Yeah, I think so. This one is the Ropes Mansion and Gardens, built in the late 1720s. If you keep walking down Essex Street from the Witch House, you'll arrive at the beautiful white Ropes Mansion and Gardens. It's a Georgian colonial mansion in the McIntyre Historic District of Salem. Built for a merchant, Samuel Barnard, 
The Ropes Mansion still looks much like its original form with a symmetrical facade of two stories, three small gables through the roof, and a roof balustrade. A large, stunning garden was then added behind the house in 1912, and that is now open to the public for completely free. Now, you can tour the interior of the home on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 4 p.m. for a limited time during the year, but the garden is open 365 days a year from dawn to dusk at no charge. If I lived in Salem, I would visit here as often as I could. It's such a peaceful, tranquil place. And part of what makes this house so epic is that if you recall, this house was featured in the 1993 Hocus Pocus movie. The Ropes Mansion was home to Max's love interest, Allison. Remember the house, um, Allison's mansion was where her parents were holding that sophisticated Halloween party for rich people in the community. Supposedly, Rope's mansion is actually haunted, much like many of the places in Salem. Visitors have reported that they felt iciness in the air and could hear screams of Abigail Ropes. Some say that they've seen apparitions of Abigail and Nathaniel Ropes. Former caretakers claim to have caught Nathaniel Ropes on film. And you'll have to look into the history of it, but if I recall, there was something like a fire or something, and and that's how maybe Abigail died. I'm not sure, but you'll have to look into that. Either way, it's a gorgeous place to stop by. The gardens are beautiful, and it's uh, definitely worth the visit. Now, I mentioned that the Ropes Mansion is in the historic McIntyre District, so I actually have that as its own uh, category, I guess, (laughs) or or part of this list. I have the historic McIntyre District as part of this historic homes list, even though it's not one particular home. And that's because There's several homes in this area that have uh, really rich Georgian and federal period architecture, and um, the district was established in 1981, and it combines the Chestnut Street Historic District and the Federal Street Area Historic District. Um, There's an additional 249 structures on Upper Essex, Broad, and Warren Streets, Dalton Parkway, and various cross and side streets. So I did walk through here uh, briefly. I didn't go to see all of those streets or anything like that. But it is a beautiful place to stroll through, and you can spend some time appreciating the fall colors, the fall foliage, the leaves. My favorite part was hearing all of the orange and yellow leaves crunch (laughs) beneath my boots. It felt supremely autonomous, um, which was fun because we don't really get that as much in Texas. Um, But a little bit more about the homes in this area. Many of the homes there were designed or influenced by Salem's renowned self-taught architect and wood carver Samuel McIntyre. Um, He was alive from 1757 to 1811. The entire district showcases four centuries of architectural styles, including first period, Georgian, federal, and 19th century revival. 
In addition to the Ropes Mansion, other notable homes within the district include the Pierce Nichols House, built in 1782, the Cotting Smith Assembly House in 1782, and the Phillips House in 1821, the last of which is now a museum that you can tour. So we walked a little bit further and we reached the Pickering House that was near a uh, cemetery. This house was built in 1660 and it is the oldest house in the United States as well as Salem. It was built by settler John Pickering who was a carpenter from Coventry, England. At the time it was a two-room farmhouse but over the next 350 years wings, gables, gothic peaks, and vaulted ceilings and fences were added. So When I arrived, I was expecting it to be something very like, you know, pioneer-esque, but it's actually amazingly well-maintained. It it really is a house that looks very similar to how it did back in the 1930s and 40s versus, you know, the 17th century, but... Um, For a time, the Pickering House was actually home to George Washington's secretary, Um, and the home is open for tours only on Sundays from 10 to 3 p.m. for $10. And I don't know if it's a private house outside of that or not. It appeared that somebody actually owned the house and lived there, but it maybe is owned by you know, a local club or something. I'm not really sure. A historic club. I don't know. Moving on. The next house that I want to talk about is the Daniels House, built in 1667. Um, this was built by a sea captain and is considered to be the oldest bed and breakfast in the United States. This house is characterized by open hearth fireplaces, exposed beams, paneled walls, and rustic pioneer antiques. The Daniels house has four main guest rooms, the guest the guest room, the great room, the Marion room, the East India room, and the butler room. Now, if you aren't staying in the Daniels house, you can actually tour inside for $15. The tour is 45 minutes and lets you take a rare look inside of a 17th century mansion. Now, there are also seasonal tours available like Local Lore by Candlelight, Christmas Fireside Tales, and Winter Fireside Tales. Another very famous place in Salem to visit is the House of the Seven Gables, which was built in 1668. And also in this area is Nathaniel Hawthorne's birthplace, which is that that house was built in 1750. So the House of Seven Gables, Gables is actually known as the Turner Ingersoll Mansion. There's a beautiful courtyard and garden on site, as well as the red-painted home, which was where Nathaniel Hawthorne grew up, who's the author of The House of Seven Gables. Now, The House of Seven Gables was first built in 1668 by merchant and ship owner Captain John Turner in the Jacobean post-medieval style, It sits perched on the Salem Harbor where you feel the sea salt breeze and you can hear the seagulls calling. So it's a really beautiful spot. 
Now, the House of Seven Gables eventually fell into the hands of Miss Susanna Ingersoll, which was Nathaniel Hawthorne's second cousin. Hawthorne would visit her often when he worked at the Custom House um, in Salem from 1845 to 1849, which I'll talk about next. So this house and his cousin inspired him to write the famous novel, The House of Seven Gables, and he wrote this later in 1851. Now, when we visited tours of the actual Gable house, Gable's house was sold out, unfortunately, because it is October and Halloween and everybody's there. (laughs) But we were still able, able to tour the gardens and the grounds as well as the Hawthorne birthplace house. So I thought that was worth it. Fun fact, before we move on, Nathaniel Hawthorne added the W in his last name to separate his familial ties to Judge John Hawthorne, Hathorn, Hathorn, who became known as the Hanging Judge in the Salem Witch Trials. So Nathaniel's actually related, but he added the W in his last name so that he would, wouldn't be associated <laughs> with his family. So interesting fact. Okay, the Custom House, which is nearby, was built in 1819, and though it's technically not a residential home, it's one of the older buildings in Salem. It overlooks the ocean, and it was a key place of business. It was used as a storage facility for merchant cargo before duties were paid, or taxes. Wares included textiles, ceramics, artwork, and spices from around the world. Some of the most valuable items processed in the custom house were spices like pepper and cinnamon, silk, porcelain, Indian cotton textiles, and ivory. And like I mentioned before, Nathaniel Hawthorne officed in this house for three years, and his time there was what inspired the Scarlet Letter. Okay, and here's a bonus, guys. We're done with talking about houses, but... We should probably talk about some historic cemeteries. The first cemetery is Old Burying Point, a.k.a. Charter Street Cemetery, uh, built in 1637. It is the oldest cemetery in Salem and among the oldest in the United States. Notable burials include Judge John Hathorne, which is who we mentioned earlier. He was the principal magistrate in the Salem Witch Trials, Samuel McIntyre, as I also mentioned earlier, he was the renowned self-taught architect, and Captain Richard Moore, he was a Mayflower passenger. Broad Street Cemetery was built in 1655. It's the second oldest cemetery in Salem, and this is where Judge Jonathan Corwin and Judge George Corwin the nephew of the judge, were both buried. And Judge Corwin was a high sheriff during the time of the Salem Witch Trials. And finally, Howard Street Cemetery, built in 1801. This was the third cemetery significant to the 1692 Witch Trials. And this was also where uh, Giles Corey was pressed to death by stone because he refused to stand on the witch trial. So I know that was a bit of a dark ending to our uh, podcast episode today, but um, the Salem witch trials are, of course, a huge part of Salem's overall history. And 
I hope that I didn't bore you to death if this isn't your thing. I hope you found this a little bit interesting and hopefully I inspired you to visit at least one or two of these locations on your next trip. With that, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I'll chat with you soon. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to dive even deeper into creating your jet set life, start with upgrading your travel bucket list. You can download my free resource on the top 50 destinations for child-free travel by visiting jetsettingblonde.com forward slash start dash here. Because the first step to creating your jet set life starts with upgrading your travel goals. And if something in today's episode really resonated with you, please screenshot and tag me at the Jet Set Blonde on Instagram or Facebook. I want to know what your biggest takeaway was. I really want to hear from you. And it means so much to me when I can see your screenshots of you listening to the podcast or reading my posts online. Every screenshot and review means the world to me. I read every single one. And I really appreciate your support in listening to this episode and supporting me on this adventure. I look forward to bringing you more awesome and genuinely helpful content that will help you create the jet set life of your dreams. 